What's up guys, it's Ty here, Swimming the Ball Podcast. Today, I will be talking about the Los Angeles Lakers season overall. And what are they going to do in free agency? Are they going to sign Clay Thompson? Or are they going to just sign nobody and it's just going to be LeBron again? I will also be talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder. How they struggle so much? Is Paul George really the reason why with his injury? And more. And also, I will be giving my award winners for this season. So first, starting with the Los Angeles Lakers. I've already made an episode before, so I'm not going to go into too much detail. I'm not going to get really raged at it or anything. Just want to give my overall thoughts. <clears throat> so as you know, as I said earlier in the off-season, the Los Angeles Lakers just went full-on out on trying to win. Not full-on out, I should say, but like... <clears throat> signing LeBron James already makes you a contender. In the league. Especially in this... Like, that's just saying if you sign Michael Jordan. Put Michael Jordan in his prime. You're going to be a contender. But it just didn't work out with who the Lakers signed after LeBron. As soon as LeBron signed, they signed Rajon Rondo. JaVale McGee. Lance Stevenson. Michael Beasley. Contavious Cardwell Pope re-signed him for $12 million. Then you still have the young, young assets in Josh Hart. Zubach, Ingram, Kuzma, Lonzo, and they all had to try to gel that together with LeBron James aging without barely any shooters. <coughs> so, after that, the Los Angeles Lakers were <coughs> fourth in the West before LeBron goes down. Uh, on December 25th, and when LeBron went down, the Los Angeles Lakers just went into a big slump. They were struggling to score. The veterans weren't doing as good. And it was just a complete mess. <coughs> so, Lakers are currently... Let me check. Hold on, guys. I will just be back. Just let me check what their record is. If Google wants to work. The Los Angeles Lakers are 36 and 34 as of 7th of April. Which is horrible compared to what the Lakers are supposed to be. They were supposed to be playoff contenders. No, title contenders. What am I saying? Playoff contenders, my bad. They're supposed to be playoff contenders, at least. But because of all the injuries... Or the Anthony Davis saga, trade rumours and everything that happened to this. <clears throat> I don't want to spend too much time with it. Main, the main part which I want to focus on about the Lakers is their free agency. So with the upcoming draft, the Lakers have a 5 or 4% chance of, sli- of getting the first round pick, which is undoubtedly Zion Williamson. Unless you're the Phoenix Suns and you signed... Ja Morant, or Jay Morant, however you say his name, college rookie, college rookie, I'm so smart. college point guard, <clears throat> I don't really watch um, March Madness just because of, I just like, it's overhyped honestly in my opinion, and I just wait for them to get into the NBA before I like really figure out about them, but I, but I know the Phoenix Suns need a point guard, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Suns get the first pick and they sign 
Jay or Ja Morant instead of getting Zion Williamson. Because the Phoenix Suns already have a million wings. Josh Jackson. They have Kelly Oubre Jr. TJ Warren. Uh, who else was on They have Michael Bridges. They just have so many forwards and they have no guards. Tyler Johnson is not a point guard. I do not care what you say. He's not a point guard. Devon Booker can run the point, but you're not going to win anything with him running the point. Well, you don't win anything anyways, because the Phoenix Suns cannot surround anybody around Devon Booker, like, at all. They do not give the ball enough to DeAndre Aiden, but <clears throat> I'm losing track. So, if the, Lake, the Lakers have a 4% chance, they're probably not going to get anything really good, so I don't really see them doing anything in the draft, other than probably trading their pick, maybe. Maybe trading their pick Kuzma, Ingram, and Lonzo for Davis. I don't think the Lakers would do that, but it's a possibility. <clears throat> so we get past the draft. Whatever happens, they sign a decent role player, or they just trade the pick away, or whatever they do doesn't really matter. It's not going to impact the Lakers that much. <clears throat> what really matters is this year's free agency, because this is pretty much a. Uh, Go hard or go home situation, as I would say. Because if the Lakers do not sign a free agency, then what? What do they do? LeBron's aging. Uh, the team's not going to get that much better with LeBron there. To, like, hog... No, I wouldn't say hog the ball, but, like, take a lot of valuable possessions away from our young assets in Lonzo, Ingram, and Kuzma. So, what the Lakers need to do? They need to sign Clay Thompson. And here's why. Because LeBron James, as you know, he's just like... He's just undoubtedly one of the most gifted players in this, like, ever I've ever seen. He's the most gifted NBA player I've ever seen. The pure muscle which he has on him. The workouts which he does. He's, he's just like a six-foot-eight bullet train coming at you. Like, there's no way you're stopping that. It's like Giannis. <clears throat> How do you stop Giannis? He just got that quick step on him. He's six foot eleven. Got so much muscle. He's like a shack, except in a small forward body, which is absolutely insane. And he plays the four. The the reason why the Bucks are so successful compared to the Lakers, not only because of talent wise, is because they surrounded Giannis around shooters. <clears throat> Eric Bledsoe, Malcolm Brogdon, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Nikola Meritic, Tony Snell. George Hill, they surround him with just a million shooters which they can think of. While the Lakers, they just sign ball handlers around LeBron, which does not work at all, as you clearly saw. <coughs> ah, <coughs> sorry about that. <coughs> yes, so with LeBron attracting all the attention, he needs uh, just an absolute pure knockdown shooter, someone like Clay Thompson, who would help him so much because it's because he that's obviously going to be the best shooting player he's ever played with. You, and if you say Ray Allen, you are just mentally insane because Ray Allen was way out of his prime by that time. <clears throat> yes, he did hit that clutch shot for them in game six to make him go to overtime. Wait, was it? No. Yeah, it was to make him go to overtime, pretty sure. And then win game six, and then to eventually win the 2013 NBA championship. <clears throat> and then you have people like Kyle Korver, Amen Shuppet, J.R. Smith, 
uh, Reggie Bullock, Kentavious Caldwell Pope. They're not really good shooters. And I also guess like Mike Miller, but they've but they've never he's never played with an all star shooter, someone like Clay Thompson. He's he has very underrated defense in my opinion. No one gives him as much credit as he deserves on their defensive end. He he can like literally only take one dribble the whole game and still score fifty on you, which is absolutely insane. He he can create his own shot and very well catch and shoot as you can clearly see playing off Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant, which benefits him a lot. And also with the remaining money which they should do, they should re-sign JaVel McGee. Not saying that should be like a big plan, but JaVel McGee and the Lakers just fit so well. The pick and rolls which they run with him which they can run in the future since I don't think Rondo's gonna resign. With Lonzo and McGee would just be insane. Especially LeBron and McGee. Oof, that's just that's just scary. And they just need to sign more shooters. They should go after someone like Danny Green. In free agency as well. Very a low key play which no one really knows about if you're just an average NBA fan. No no one really knows about Danny Green. But he's your typical three and D player which you need in this NBA. He can guard one through four. <coughs> well, most fours he can guard. Unless it's someone like Lamarcus Aldridge or the all star big ones. But he can guard most most positions in the league. <coughs> and he can knock down the three pointer for you, which is the way how the NBA is heading. Well, well it's the way how the NBA is, not heading. <coughs> you need three and D players around. You're all stars now. It's just a must. And you also need shooting bigs. Because <coughs> have you seen, as you have seen, Hassan Whiteside is getting played out of the, the Miami Heat's rotation just because of the way how the league is. <coughs> so, to also another question which I would like to which I'd like to um, get off my head since I know a couple of people have been asking me from, like, overseas and stuff. Is the big man dead in these days? Like, the traditional big man, like Whiteside and Drummond? No, they don't. <coughs> They're just not as valuable as they were before. Like, look, Rudy Gobert is not a stretch, shoot, um, stretch center at all. He's your typical center. Just to, do, to run the pick and roll with Mitchell and Rubio... In, uh, finish those lobs and set those hard screening, get those rebounds and play defense. Hassan Whiteside is a kind of same except at a lower volume and because of he, they have a bam and a bio. He's does what Whiteside does except a younger, more faster and just has a better attitude about it. <coughs> Why would they play Whiteside if they've got the same version, a better version of him in bam and a bio? DeAndre Jordan. He can still give you 16, 12, and 4 with, like, two blocks. But I wouldn't be starting DeAndre Jordan on a winning team anymore. I'd come, Him coming off the bench would be so good for you guys. For any team, actually. Not for you guys. For you, any team. But starting him is, as you see with the Knicks. Yes, it is very hard and very unfair to compare him of saying, oh, He's playing bad in the Knicks because, like, <laughs> who did, what are the Knicks doing? They literally have clinched the, um, of having the best, have tied the best chance of getting the first round pick, which is just funny. 
Lazy. Clinched. <laughs> they didn't clinch the playoffs. They <laughs> Jesus Christ. <gasps> so, just get a better veteran for Alonso. Sign Danny Green, Clay Thompson, JaVale McGee, and just fill people around Kuzma and stuff, and then you should be good. And the main question, which everyone is probably asking me, because I haven't mentioned it yet, is about the Anthony Davis. Do they do the Lakers try to go after AD? No. Other than if they want to trade him in the draft, I don't see him going for him after what happened. They do not... Because maybe it's just false um, rumours again. And they're just trying to destroy the Lakers' morale even more, which it is already killed. So I would really... Oh. I wouldn't really trade for AD, just leave it be. <laughs> Next topic. The Oklahoma City Thunder. <clears throat> Before I even say, say anything, shout out to Russell Westbrook for getting that 2020-20 game. It is just absolutely insane. And also, congrats to him for being the... For not only one, not twice, three times, three seasons in a row, he's averaging a triple-double. Is official days averaging a triple double <clears throat> for free season now? It's just absolutely insane. But going back to that, going back to the funder in general, the Oklahoma City funder before the break they um they were first in defense. Since the All Star break, they are fifteenth. They are middle of the pack, which is still not bad, but it's like. They want to be in that first place. They want to have, like, the best defense because that's what the Thunder relied on to win them games. It was just that hard type. They were playing, like, a 2013 Memphis Grizzlies grit and grind in their own way. They would just be all up in your face. They would just they would just harass you on the defensive end 24-7, each possession, non-stop. They would just be there, be there, be there. Especially with Paul George and Russell Westbrook being the leaders in steals. Paul George averaging 3 steals and Russell Westbrook averaging 2.5 steals. And also you've got to account to the fact that Paul George did get injured. With a shoulder injury. <gasps> and if you just watch him, he does not look like the Paul George as we... The MVP Paul George as we were seeing. And the one team we actually fought might have a chance of winning the MVP. Not really fought. He might, he had like a very slim chance, but come on, man. I'll mention that later in the in this episode. Poor George is averaging before the um before the All Star back break. Before the All Star break, he was averaging twenty eight points. I don't really have the stats. So actually, let let me check how much. Poor George, fuck. Mm. Poor George averages. I did the research before, but then I forgot because I'm dumb. Poor George average, yeah. Let's look at basketball references. So, just this season, overall, without, like, any breaks or anything, he's averaging 28 points, 
Eight rebounds and four assists. Or played 75 games. Which is really good. But then if you looked at his advanced numbers and everything, it's not so good. And Google just wanted to crash. Oh, here it is. Doesn't want to tell me. I'm trying to see, Jesus Christ. Why wouldn't it let me look? No wonder I was looking at the wrong thing. Alright, so in the pre All Star break, Paul George is having 28 points. Eight rebounds and four assists while averaging 2.3 steals. My bad. I thought it was averaging three. And averaging 0.5 blocks. But post, but the post also break, he's averaging 26 points. Uh, seven, wait, no. 8.6 rebounds and 4.1 assists. Look, still looks the same, but he's averaging only 1.8 steals. So far. Um, since that, while well, also in the pre All Star break, his field goal efficiency was forty five percent from the field and forty percent from free. Well, now he's shooting forty percent from the field and thirty four percent from free. As you can clearly tell, this injury is affecting Paul George's game. It's just sort of like his stats. It's just dipping down a bit. Those points are just dipping down a tiny bit. But it comes to the other stuff. <laughs> Efficiency-wise, his defense in general is just going down. And it's not what the Thunder need him at his full-on best just to even compete with the Warriors. Like, I wouldn't say compete, but just like, you know, to throw some haymakers with, with the Warriors and give them a tough time. Because I don't think any team wants to see the fun in the first round. Because they're just going to give the, that team all sorts of problems. Because Russell Westbrook will turn it up, so will Paul George. And the whole team will. They'll just play more physical. They'll be more locked in, which is a scary sight to see. Do I see the Thunder going really anywhere? Not really. If Paul George ain't, is going to be injured. I honestly can see him being eliminated in the first round. Oh, it depends on who they verse. Because either going to invest the Nuggets or the Warriors, but it's most likely going to be the Warriors. <gasps> I do it's no way in hell the Thunder is going to eliminate the fun um the Warriors. Like, unless the Warriors just like start throwing haymakers with each other and like knocking each other out, and it's like injuries or something. I do not see anything happening to the Warriors. The Warriors are all fine. And yeah. So I honestly think it's Portridge's injury which is letting the Thunder down, but we'll see in the playoffs as the playoffs will start in... When do you... There's only three more games left for most teams, so yeah, it will be after these three games and then the postseason can really start 
and all those teams who are like are just playing for no reason can go rest up and just figure out what they're going to do in this year's off season. Now, to my favorite part, the most controversial part, the awards. <laughs> uh, let me just get started. My MVP is Giannis. And I already know there's people at my school already getting triggered as I literally was off my face the other day about it, but we'll just ignore that fact. Oh boy. I have Giannis Sanders a Cooper. The way how he's just playing is a Shaq, as I said earlier. He's playing like, he's just dominating this league like how Shaq would. With his physical ability just to draw contact and just get to free throw line. Yesterday against Embiid, he had 20, he went to the line 21 times. Or he had 21 free throws. One of those two. That is just absolutely insane. And it's not like the way how James Harden does with like, Fate making it look like he's getting fouled. He's this man's actually getting fouled, and he's and he just absolutely dominated and feasted on Joel Embiid. And Joel Embiid is one of the best defensive centers in today, like in this league. God. Oh. I. And plus, Giannis has been putting up 28 points, 12 rebounds, and 6 assists this whole season. While James Harden has only been doing it for most of the season, not the whole season. He's been... James Harden, yes, he's obviously just cooking everyone in this league by getting, like, 50-point games. It, it feels like James Harden's getting 50-point games every day. Like, I know it hasn't happened in a while, but it still feels like it. He's just doing it every single day, which is absolutely insane, like, averaging 30 and stuff. I don't know how the man does it. Well, also, thinking about that Chris Paul and Clint Capella were injured and uh, Eric Gordon and stuff were injured for a long time. But I just I just think uh, Giannis has locked in that MVP race. No, no, but whoever wins it, I'm not going to be pissed off about it. It's just my opinion. Rookie of the Year race. I, I changed my uh, opinion on who I think is going to win Rookie of the Year. Because the other day I got a heated argument with my friends about who will win Rookie of the Year, Trey Young or Luka Doncic. And, and I can finally see what they mean. Trey Young is just all hype and no talk. Well, I wouldn't say no talk, but like, he's kind of like in that James Harden realm. He's, he hasn't been doing it for the whole season, like Luka has. I I honestly think the Rookie of the Year race will be closer just because it's a popularity contest and everything. It's like more about who does better at the near the end of the season. Oh, for goodness Like, let's say if Trey Young goes for 50, yeah? And Luca goes for like two. He's being sit down now, but like Luca goes for two and Trey goes for 50. Like, because it's like right at the end of the season, they're going to keep, it's like fresh in their mind. Unlike when Luca had a triple-double, that was, like, in March or February. Like, somewhere around then. See, I don't even remember when it was when he got a triple-double. But, like, you just have to get that great performance at the right time and hopefully get those votes. But Luca Dantage is just the one-in-a-generational player. 
he's just so controlled at the at such a young age. Yes, he did play in the Euro League, but that's just like advantage to him. While everyone was playing in the Euro League, um, in college, he was playing with real men and former NBA players, in the Euro League, which is just like absolutely insane. And he's been scouted by the age of thirteen, like, bro. If I was to be scouted at the age of thirteen, I wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. I would be doing something way different. I'd be an NBA player, probably not, but I do. De- I definitely know I wouldn't be doing this podcast right now as we speak. And as as Luka Doncic is just like more controlled, he just like got a better grip of the game, at a lot, at like. A lot younger age than most rookies, not rookies like most NBA players would have. He's got he's got, oh, uh, he's more controlled than actually like a lot of veteran NBA players, which is absolutely insane. While Trey Young is still trying to figure out the game as we speak. Next. The most improved player. I have Delo. Just his ability to carry the Brooklyn Nets to the playoffs is just absolutely insane. Because the Brooklyn Nets a couple of years ago, everyone just like nobody wanted to watch him at all. They they were just in a bad situation. They were still dealing with the KG and Paul Pierce trade. They had nothing going for them. But then when they trade Brook Lopez and the twenty seventh pick, which would turn into Kyle Kuzma, for DeAndre Russell, their future turned around. They signed. They drafted um, Jared Allen in that year's draft class. They um, then they go out and sign people like Joe Harris. They have Spencer Dinwiddie on the team already. Karis LeVert, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, Demari Carroll. They just have players on any other team would just be like a role player, but is very valuable to the Brooklyn Nets because these players who like. No one believed in them, have all come together and just shown the league what they can do. And think about it, if you take Dealer off the Nets, they're not making the playoffs whatsoever, I don't care. You take Siakam off the Raptors, they're still going to do good. They still have a Barker and, Gus- and Marcus on the team, so like that, it would hurt a bit, but nowhere near as drastically as them missing the playoffs as the Nets. I'm going to wrap this up with the next quick awards. Six, um, six man year, it's Lou Williams, no doubt. Don't really need to talk about it. Like, I, I'm honestly never going to mention it. It's him. For my coach of the year, I have Mike Brudenholzer, the coach of the Bucks, just because they have the best record in the league. It's, and just like the way how we revel, like how we change around. All major um, NBA sites had the Bucks winning 44 games, and they and they have. Won 60 games, I'm pretty sure. Uh-huh. The Bucks have 59 wins, which they will most likely get 60 at this point. Which is just like, which is 16 more games than they were projected to win. Which is absolutely insane. They clinched the playoffs w- way before any other team did. <laughs> and yeah, that's pretty much it. Hope you guys enjoyed this video. Sorry for the bad quality. It's like 12.48 in the morning. I just felt unlike I needed to upload an episode. And I appreciate the support and thank you. Peace.